From the nation's capital to the Sunshine State. It's compelling. The high plains of Kansas and the northeast corner of the land of enchantment. It's Friday. The land of EWTN all across the Lone Star State. It's GRN Alive. Bringing you faith, fun, and facts. Live from the studios of the Guadalupe Radio Network. Join us on the show. Call 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424. All right, it is Friday morning. Good morning, everybody. GRN Live time here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. So glad that you're with us. July 17th, 2020, Friday of the 15th week in ordinary time. Nothing seems ordinary these days, but it is officially ordinary time. Uh, Dave Palmer here, uh, along with Dr. Chris Malloy from the University of Dallas. And uh, how you doing, Dr. Malloy? Good to see you. Doing very well. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for coming in. You're going to be doing most of the heavy lifting on the show today. We don't have a first guest. You are our first guest. Sweet. (laughs) And uh, Cecil Anderson is out today. And so uh, it's kind of the the whole GRN is kind of off today, so to speak. You wouldn't know it because Diane and I are here. But I want to thank Diane and Xavier because she came in today at uh, last minute notice and is running the boards. And therefore, that also means we don't have any social media. How are you doing, Diane? Good to I'm see you. I'm doing good. How are y'all doing? Yeah, good. Well, you made the split second decision last night that you can come in and fill yes. in for Sissel. So thanks for doing that. Sweet. No problem. Uh, today is, we, we tried as a network to have two retreats. Uh, first, we tried to have an annual retreat where we all get together, we pray, we, you know, participate in mass together and, you know, kind of focus on our mission. Had one last year, which was great out in Midland. Had one scheduled in May, but with everything going on, postponed it to July, had to cancel the one in July. So today is officially, for the GRN family of employees, a day of reflection and prayer. We're not supposed to, you know, do any, you know, the work, the usual work. Uh, we decided to do the show live, but uh, after this, we're going to run off and pray. And <laughs> That's great. And so anyways, we'll pray for us, dear, dear listeners, and uh, we'll be praying for you. Diane, I think you said you're going to pray the rosary. And yeah, pray a rosary and maybe go to adoration. Yeah, awesome, awesome. Also wanted to talk quickly with Diane. I, I, I told Diane since she got thrown into a soul aid, I said, we're not going to go to you and have you talk about the topics and all that, and Diane's going to run the board. But, Diane, we do want to talk about an event in six days that's happening right here at our studio in North Texas. That's, you know, open. It's a North Texas event, so to speak, but it's a virtual event, which means anybody in the world can participate, right? Yeah, anybody, no no matter where you are, whether you're in Washington, D.C. or Kansas or New Mexico, join us. Yeah, and it's called the Summer Speaker Series event. This is the 12th annual. The first 11 were live in person. We've had uh, outstanding speakers like Deacon Harold Brooks Sivers and Father Michael Gately, Father Calloway, uh, uh, Johnette Bankovic. I mean, all, you know, just uh, Father Larry Richards. Well, Monsignor Charles Pope is going to be our speaker, and his topic is going to be a summons to courage. And I really, really respect Monsignor Pope. Uh, he was on with uh, Joe, was it? Uh, the, two weeks ago. Yeah, two weeks ago yeah. with him. And uh, he's, just, he's just a straight shooter, and he's so honest and holy. And I know he's and a, a great speaker, too. Great speaker. So we're gonna, he's going to be in D.C., but we're going to connect with him live through Zoom. Through and Zoom. we're going to uh, present at Transmitters of the Faith Award to Bishop Burns here in Dallas. And that's, everything's going to be live. Nothing's pre-recorded, which is kind of scary because, Diane, you're running all the technology. Yes, and all pray that. for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, it is. A, there's a $35 charge. You know, got to have a little skin in the game. It's not one Absolutely. of these free access, you know. But uh, if you pay more attention that way, yeah, you're most more likely to yeah. actually, you know, engage. It's, it's, it's quick. It's an hour. You know, it's an hour asking for hours of your time, uh, and 
Uh, it's going to be 7 o'clock Central Time next Thursday, the 23rd, the Summer Speaker Series event, Monsignor Charles Pope, a summons to courage. If you're local, you get a pizza coupon because the, the franchise that we're using is only here in Texas, so I apologize. But anybody who signs up will send them a book uh, called 300 Questions and Answers on the Catholic Faith by Monsignor Pope. And so you get some goodies, and we'll send that off to you. So register quickly, uh, grnonline.com, and you can find out about the Summer Speaker Series event. All right, so did we say enough on that, Diane? I know, but when's the deadline for people to sign up for that on our website? Basically the day of. I mean, we've if you sign up, I think by... 9 o'clock Central, the 23rd, we can still get you the link, you know, because really we just have to be able to send you the link. The book will come afterwards, right? Yes. All right. So uh, today, uh, okay, we're going to spend the last 20 minutes of the show today talking about, and I mean this seriously, the solution to all of our problems, because we're all kind of thinking, what in the world is happening? 2020 is just crazy, right? And I can say with absolute definitive uh, certainty that the solution to all of our problems is Jesus Christ, right? Amen. And uh, Dr. Marcellino D'Ambrosio, otherwise known as Dr. Italy, is going to be uh, coming on with us on the on, on the phone. Dr. Italy? Yeah. Does he a, lead trips to... to he does, uh, yeah. And he's Italian. I mean, a name like that. Uh, you you, you figure he probably has some Italian roots, right? Right here in Texas. <laughs> and so he... Probably has a vineyard. He has a, a TV series, a 12-part TV series called Jesus Christ, The Way, The Truth, and The Life that he did with Jeff Cavins. And he's going to talk about that, and he also was scheduled to be at an event with Fullness of Truth next weekend. I found out yesterday that the live in-person event has been canceled, but I think they're going to be doing the live stream event, uh, so we'll ask him about that. Uh, the, the title of that is, you know, Why Be Catholic When You Can Be Anything Else? And so um, uh, some other speakers, including Jesse Romero, uh, are going to be Father Bill, Casey, nice. Father Bill Casey as well. So, all right, so the rest of the... Show we're going to be talking about the problem. Okay, if Jesus is the solution, what's it's like an advertisement. The, yeah, that's right. We're getting to the the solution, but what's the problem? And I think uh, it's it's very appropriate and and uh, and timely that today is the anniversary of the martyrs of Compiègne. And I know Dr. Moy, you got to yeah. be very familiar with these uh, amazing, amazing women. And when I first heard this story years ago. I was just taken by it, and it's so amazing, and I think it's so uh, uh, pertinent to our days. So I just wanted to, for those of you who are not familiar with the story of the Martyrs of Compiègne, this is their feast day. Sixteen members of the Carmel of Compiègne, France, uh, France, 11 discalced Carmelite nuns, three lay sisters, and two externs. During the French Revolution, they refused to obey the civil constitution of the clergy of the revolutionary government, which mandated the suppression of their monastery, and they were ordered to be executed uh, by the guillotine. During the anti-clericalism of the revolution, the monasteries and convents were suppressed. The nuns were arrested in June of 1794 during the Reign of Terror. They were imprisoned in Compiègne along with a community of English Benedictine nuns. The Carmelite community was transported to the Concierge in Paris, and they were brought before the Revolutionary Tribunal, condemned as a group of traitors and sentenced to death. They were sent to the guillotine on this day, July 17th of 1794. They were notable in the manner of their deaths, as at the foot of the scaffold, the community jointly renewed their religious vows and sang the Veni Creator Spiritus, 
proper to this occasion. They were joyful. They that were is singing. just awesome. They were praising God. They weren't screaming and wailing and why did you do this to us, God? And oh my goodness. Victim. victim yeah, no, yeah, no claimers. victim. They were singing beautifully. And one of the nuns then began to sing a hymn as she mounted the steps of the scaffold, which the rest of the community took up. Now get this. The reign of terror ended 10 days later. Wow. And the other nuns, the English nuns, said that these uh, uh, Carmelite nuns were a huge inspiration. Now, I'm not saying they ended the reign of terror, but who knows? Spiritual battle. Yeah, yeah. That's just awesome. And so uh, these amazing, amazing martyrs of Compiègne, we see it. I mean, we see people praying in front of statues now, and uh, not many of them are literally losing their lives yet, but... They're, they're putting themselves out there in the front it lines. Might be. Yeah, Down the it, road. It, it may happen. So uh, remember them. We also celebrated this week the feast day of uh, St. Kateri Tekakwitha and also St. Bonaventure, who I find amazing, graduated uh, from University of Paris with Thomas Aquinas. Yes, yes. <laughs> also wrote a, a biography of St. Francis. He did. Yeah, a few people. Very recommended. Yeah. Very recommended. Yeah. And uh, also Monday, and Joe covered this on the show Monday, was. Uh, the anniversary of Fatima, which is interesting because you first started coming in a few years ago yeah. d- during the 100th anniversary yeah. of Fatima, 2017, and that's where we were doing a monthly we did a, series. For five, six months? Yeah. I think we missed one month. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah so, July. So, did, so did the uh, the kids, though, didn't they? they, didn't they yes, that's all? right. That's right. <laughs> so they weren't able to make it because they, well, the they were imprisoned. Yeah. At the spot anyway. Yeah. But you know, so that's the thing, because the July apparition is when they had the vision of hell. Yeah. They were given the threefold secret, and uh, that was, you know, so it's not three separate secrets, but a th- one threefold secret. Yeah. And uh, they were given the, the also the indication of the miracle. Yeah. So that, everybody knew. Month. All the naysayers knew. Yeah, in mid-July, like say July 17th, published throughout Portugal on the major newspapers, there's supposed to be a miracle. And they're, yeah. they're all thinking, ha-ha, we'll finally prove this false yeah. come October. Yeah. And so that was July, August, and still three months later. Yep. And, uh, and I had lunch with a, a guy um, who has a, a position where he's very, very, I had yesterday, very, very much in tune with world affairs. And I know there was the whole, the consecration of Russia was a part of Fatima. And this gentleman I had lunch with was telling me about how Russia is having a revival of faith right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, That's he, awesome. He said, you know, they sent uh, all the communists over here. <laughs> <laughs> And, I mean, and Putin is part of this, and the Orthodox Church over there is really, really, I mean, it's there, there's some amazing things happening in Russia. Yeah, And I was are. saying, you know, back in the 80s. At least externally. I mean, it's like a, you know what I mean? Yeah. You wonder how deep some of it runs. Yeah. You never know. Yeah, externally. But, but, but they uh, allow homeschooling. Yeah. For instance, yeah. they still have the right understanding of marriage. So that's, uh, right. yeah, yeah. They, they, I mean, some of the moral laws are much, much further beyond than what we have. And Trying to get so, closer to their Christian roots. Yeah. And so anyways, uh, some interesting things happening in the world right now. But that's what we're going to talk about is what is going on in America, in the world right now. And just as kind of a, kind of lay the, the stage, we're going to talk about liberation theology. We're going to talk about Marxism, some of its philosophical roots. We, we do appreciate uh, your your calls and your comments. I know this is something that you likely, if you listen to Catholic Radio, you're probably very interested in what's going on in the world. 877-757-9424, 877-757-9424. I want to mention, we got some fan mail for you, Dr. Malloy. Sweet. Yeah, yeah. This uh, 
I won't use the person's name. They said, Dr. Malloy, thank you for clarity of ideas and their expression on the radio shows on which you have been a guest uh, for Guadalupe Radio Network. Here at my desk, I have a sticky note from a car ride when I heard you last October 28th. Your remarks on priestly celibacy and the impossibility of female priests in the Catholic faith were the equivalent of a long, cool drink of water after days in the desert. That's great. <laughs> That's great. So uh, I won't I mention this person's name, but uh, thank you so much uh, for that. Uh, well, getting some fan like, mail. It's That's good nice. that we have, the, we have listeners. Good yeah. to know we've got listeners. you got to call up, though. Yeah. They've yeah. got to call up. Call us up and let us know you're out there, what you're thinking, 877-757-9424. If I were to say, hey, giving away tickets to a movie, all of a sudden, everybody calls in. Yeah. But that's all right. You can listen. That's fine. All right. So let me kind of set the stage uh, of what we're talking about today. Uh, uh, the, the horrific murder of George Floyd was May 25th. Okay. That May, June, July. So a little less than two months ago. Uh, most believe, and I certainly do, and that this was a catalyst that set off a movement which is much bigger. Of course, it didn't start on May 25th. Something revolutionary is going on right now. Something happening in our culture, our nation, our world that has really a lot to do more than racism or police brutality. Now, those certainly are, are, are could be issues and problems, but it's bigger than that. Uh, Boston police investigating, you may have heard about this, an arson attack on a statue of the Blessed Virgin Mary, uh, Last Saturday night, the second attack in the U.S. and a statue of the Virgin Mary in two days during the same weekend in which two Catholic church fires are being investigated as arson. I mean, what does this have to do with George Floyd and police brutality? Yeah. Okay. Uh, attacks on, on Catholic churches. And wasn't it Sean King who called for this? Yeah. It was like the, like the pivot now to let's stop. Well, that not stop, but let's move from toppling the Washington monuments to yeah. the uh, religious the religious icons. Jesus. Other kind of set-up stories in the news. Uh, during a roundtable event with President Trump uh, in Florida last Friday, Cuban-born businessman Maximo Alvarez warned Americans about the dangers of communism and socialism, telling young people not to be, quote, useful idiots. He also stressed the importance of American values. He's the founder, owner, and president of Sunshine Gasoline Distributors. He came to the United States from Cuba as a 13-year-old, and he said, quote, almost 60 years ago, almost 60 years later, I'm sitting next to the president of the United States talking about the American dream. Uh, he went on to talk about his experience as a child in Cuba, comparing the rise of communism in that country, spearheaded by Fidel Castro, with the current situation in the U.S. He said, quote, what is happening in our backyard today, I experienced as an 11-year-old. I remember vividly all the promises that a guy named Castro gave and how 99% of the people Swallowed the pill. Not the red pill. No, not the red pill. It took many years. Later, after I read somebody named Saul Linsky, that I realized that all these people were nothing but useful idiots. Alinsky was a left-wing activist in the United States, famous for his book called Rules for Radicals, which explained how to successfully run a movement for change. And so it's these people from Cuba, these guys who lived through it, who are yeah. saying, I see the same things going on right now. Right. Let me read one more, uh, two more quick things. Useful idiots. Can I say a word on yeah, that? Yeah. Useful idiots is is a thing for the for the Marxists basically that there are a lot of bleeding hearts out there yeah. that you know they're like, oh yeah, we're Christians and we need to take care of the poor. True. And they're the useful idiots that march according to Karl Marx. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and those they're are, the soldiers. Yeah, the foot soldiers. Yeah. Yeah. And how they have no idea the what they're doing. Useful idiots. 
All right, story from the Washington Times this week called The Matter of Marxism. Black Lives Matter is rooted in a soulless ideology, it says. Hundreds of thousands, I'm reading the article here, hundreds of thousands of Americans have taken to gatherings in the streets to protest racial injustice. They They comprise a rainbow of color, black, white, and every hue in between. The nebulous organization behind it all, Black Lives Matter, has succeeded in bringing U.S. citizens together in common cause like never before in modern times. Uh, what's not to like about it? They say it's Marxist roots. That's what. In comments uncovered and reprinted in the National Pulse, Black Lives Matter co-founder Patrice Cullors revealed that she and fellow co-founder Alicia Garza are followers of an ideology that could not be more foreign to the American way. Quote, we actually do have an ideological frame. Myself and Alicia, in particular, we are trained organizers. We are trained Marxists. We are, su- we are super versed on ideological theories. You know what she says right after that? What? Uh, somewhat, or something like this. <laughs> she, oh, then she, she qualifies yeah, it? I'm super versed, somewhat. <laughs> <laughs> somewhat super versed, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Can uh, I say something about what they say in their manifesto? Because yeah, we have yeah. to know what the manifesto is. People can go on the web and look up uh, the manifesto, Black yeah. Lives Matter. Right. Uh, what we believe, I think, is the uh, subtitle. Yeah. They don't and, call it a manifesto, though. They, they, no. It's just that what, they, we know, believe. what we believe. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. And if you read through it, they have a little bit of an introduction. Then they go through the different paragraphs. One of them, we are self-reflexive and do the work required to dismantle cisgender privilege. Mm-hmm. Now, what does that mean? That means normal yeah. Healthy, identify healthy with her. Yeah. sexuality. That's yeah. what that means. Another one. We disrupt Western prescribed nuclear family structure by supporting each other in extended families and villages. Another one. We have foster a queer affirming network. Yeah. This is not. So the Washington T- Times article is good in saying it's a contrary to the American way. It's contrary to the Catholic way. It's contrary to the way of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Now, now, does it have good elements? Of course. I mean, just about any program has good elements. Uh, and obviously, we need to uh, work against uh, you know, racism. We need to uh, support justice. But this, this, this program is, is uh, embedded with Marxist ideologies, anti-nature, anti-human sexuality. Yeah. It's got a problem. Another thing I just became aware of, I actually saw an email from John Horvat with TFP, and there was an effort to change the national anthem. I don't know if you know that. Yeah. It's probably going to be changed eventually because, uh, you know, the, the Star Spangled Banner has to do with war and, and all that. And one of the suggestions that's taking steam is to change our national anthem. And I, 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 I don't know if this will ever happen, but to imagine by John Lennon. Right. Have you heard about this? Yes. Yeah, I'll just read some just of them. Imagine. imagine there's no heaven, it's easy if you try. No hell below us, above us, only sky. Imagine all the people living for today. Imagine there's no countries, it isn't hard to do, nothing to kill or die for, and no religions uh, too. Imagine all the people living in peace. Okay, imagine no possessions. Okay, blah, blah, blah. That's, that's Marxism. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the Marxism manifesto at, yeah. in song. And yeah. So, and and unless is, you're like really high on pot, you know, this is utter fantasy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, 60 million people in Russia died because of this stuff. Yeah. More in China. Is that what we want? 
Well, that's what we're going to talk about today. And uh, again, we invite you to join us if you want to jump in and let us uh, know what you think. 877-757-9424. Maybe you're like, ah, no, this, no, everything's fine. We're fine. This is overblown. Uh, we're talking about some of the philosophical roots. Uh, there, there's a quote from Eterni Patris by Leo XIII that I like to quote a lot. Uh, this, this was in 1879, uh, the restoration of Christian philosophy according to the mind of St. Thomas Aquinas. Uh, Pope Leo XIII, one of my favorite popes. Absolutely. I wish they'd canonize him. Got to read him, read him, read him. He said, quote, If anyone look carefully at the bitterness of our times, and he consider earnestly the cause of these things, the cause he will find to consist in this, evil teaching about human and divine has come forth from the school of philosophers. Okay, 1879. Um, Karl Marx died four years later. So Karl Marx was alive and well and when, when, uh, Leo XIII wrote this. Uh, Friedrich Nietzsche, Nietzsche would die 21 years later. Uh, Hegel had died in 1831. So yeah. you're the, you're the, the, the philosophy, you're the, 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 talk about some of the theolo- I mean, philo- philosophical roots or what's, yeah. what's Leo XIII getting at here? Yeah. Well, he's getting at a number of things, but our angle today is, uh, kind of Marxism, right? Yeah, right. So right. there's lots of different problems going on, uh, you know, but if we hone in on Marxism, the immediate background is Hegel. Mm-hmm. Right, now, Hegel is very fascinating in many ways. And uh, in, in in some ways, really uh, really cool onto things, okay? Yeah. But uh, onto things and also getting things wrong. All right. Well, one of his big things is this dialectic. It's called yeah. where you get one extreme, then an opposite extreme, and then a middle. And so none of us wants to be an extremist, right? Except yeah. when it comes to hopefully following Jesus Christ, right? Yeah. Right. Um, but we don't want extremes. And so you got political pendulum swings we talk about. That's what Mark, uh, that's what uh, Hegel was onto, right? That, and he called it thesis, antithesis, synthesis. Yeah. Now that all is fine. So what he is is a philosopher who's studying history, that being is on the way, it's becoming. And so first you get one extreme. Then you get an opposite extreme. Then you get the balance. But, but it always spins out to another extreme, and you need another opposite extreme mm-hmm. and a new balance. And so it's yeah. constantly moving, right? So what Karl Marx does is he says, you know, Hegel, I like you a lot, but the point of philosophy is not to study being, but to change it. The mm-hmm. point of philosophy is not to know history, but to change history. So what Karl Marx does is he wants to uh, work for economic equality, mm-hmm. which sounds great. I mean, we can think in our minds economic justice, okay? But he says equality, that is the same. Now, that, 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 that's yeah. going to be a problem, but let's just uh, start with the, the beginning. All inequality for him is evil. You know one, one thing about inequality? Mm. Hierarchy. Yeah. Like rulers and ruled, yeah. Priests, non-priests. Okay, so he's he's against that. So that's what he's going to target as the greatest evil is inequality. And the goal of history is the liberation of the oppressed, because hierarchy and rulers and inequality means oppressor and oppressed. It does not mean, you know, the noblesse oblige, right? Mm-hmm. The 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 obligation of the nobility to care for. We think of the hierarchy. God is the beginning of the hierarchy, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And his whole goal is to provide for his little ones, yeah. his orphans, 
I mean, they, they've orphaned themselves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, I think about it, there, there's hierarchy everywhere in the world. Everywhere. You know, the hierarchy of angels. You've got the yes. seraphim at the top, and you've got the angels in the bottom. There's, and there, there, there isn't, I mean, yeah, we're all equal in dignity, but we're not equal in intelligence or no. athletic ability or looks. It's or, laughable. I mean, there is not equality in reality. We, yeah. we seek for, for equal at least opportunity, right? But yeah. The, 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 well, this, this whole thing, this movement against excellence that we're experiencing in our, right now in our day and age, movement against excellence. We don't want to reward excellence. We don't want to honor excellence. Uh, what is with that? Yeah. You know, so everyone gets the trophy at the Y. I mean, mm-hmm. this is all caught up in this kind of vision. So, all right, what are the goals to this equality for Marx? First of all, private property must be abolished. Capital must be abolished. And lastly, the state must be abolished. But that's going to take some time, right? So there's going to be this, uh, you can't really get rid of the state right away. So what you need is a revolution. We're talking about a violent revolution. Because Karl Marx, here's another element with Marx, is Hegel actually believed in uh, the spiritual. Mm -hmm. Okay? Yeah. And uh, whether he believed in the physical is a question, actually, but I'm just joking. But, um, <laughs> but, but Marx is only believing in the physical. So he yeah. thinks everything is about what he calls a dialectical materialism. Yeah. You and I are just material stuff. Right. But clearly we have like sensation. We're like animals, brute animals, and we don't want inequality. Now, a little, to be fair, a little bit of the background. You've got the industrial uh, revolution here, and you've got little kids working really long hours. You've got uh, grown men working long hours, not being able to come home to their families. So there's a whole socialist kind of uh, concerns going on yeah, yeah. back then. And Marx is just a little player, really, uh, until uh, the first international uh, 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 workers, working men's uh, movement association. Yeah. Uh, in 1864, and then the, he he sort of takes over, yeah. right? His ideas then become really big and takes over, and he directs the program. And uh, so, but this app, this movement to abolish private property and to get a government with coercive me- measures to to accomplish that. Yeah, that's what we see going on in our world. That's what the Russians experienced in the 20th century. And the, the the utopia that they promise is that once the government has convinced everyone that we're all equal, yeah, then the government can fade away, right? And all the weapons can fade away. But that you know that didn't really happen in the Soviet Union. Yeah. <laughs> they just they gave up their guns pointed towards the West, and they kind of retreated within themselves. But they don't have a utopia. And we're seeing some of that playing out here in our country today, as that uh, the gentleman from uh, uh, Cuba pointed out to the president. This is GRN Alive. Uh, we are now 26 minutes into the hour. We only have about 15 minutes left in this discussion. Then Dr. Marcelino D'Ambrosio is going to join us. I do want to hit on liberation theology as well, because yeah. this plays a part of it. I do want to bring to everybody's attention, though, and, and by the way, phone number 877-757-9424 if you want to join in, in the conversation. Uh, I mentioned the gentleman that I had lunch with yesterday, and he said, are you familiar with uh, the communist goals that were entered into the congressional record back in 1963. And some people listening may be familiar with this, and I thought 
Like, seriously? Read a few of them. And uh, in 1963, January 10th, a list of 45 communist goals by were read to the United States uh, House of Representatives, a gentleman by the name of A.S. Herlong of Florida, as a warning to the country of the stated goals of the communists in America, according to a document called The Naked Communist by Cleon Skousen. There's 45 of them, and I'm not going to mention them all, but uh, here's a couple of them that you, you tell me if some of these are playing out in American culture today. Uh, number 19, use student riots to foment public protests against programs or organizations which are under communist attack. Uh, number 17, get control of the schools. Use them as transmission belts for socialism and current communist propaganda. Uh, 21, gain control of key positions in radio, TV, and motion pictures. Dave. Uh, <laughs> it's not me. Uh, number 25, break down cultural standards of morality by promoting pornography and obscenity in books, magazines, motion pictures, radio, and TV. Of course, they didn't know about the Internet yet. That's the uh, same as the Freemasonic, uh, the Alta Vendetta. Yeah. Corrupt all, the morals and you'll, you'll get the people. Yeah. Okay. Like a few more here because there's a lot. Uh, number 27, infiltrate the churches. And replace revealed religion with social religion. Infiltration. Eliminate prayer or any phase of religious expression in the schools. Discredit the American founding fathers is number 30. Uh, listen to this one, 38. Transfer some of the powers of arrest from the police to social agencies. Hmm. Does that sound familiar? Hmm. Uh, emphasize the need to raise children away from the negative influence of parents. <laughs> Uh, and then the, and this is not the last one. This is the last one I'll read. Number 42, create the impression that violence and insurrection are legitimate aspects of the American tradition, that students in special interest groups should rise up and use force to solve economic, political, and social problems. There you go. All right. Though that was presented to Congress, 1963, January 10th. Okay, it's in the congressional record. What do we say? Hmm. Interesting. Very interesting. Uh, so you can, anybody can look that up. One more thing about Marx. Yeah. But this whole thing about we're, we're reduced to matter and everything is historical, right? Yeah. So, I mean, yes, things develop. But when you stress development over being, for, for Hegel, the number one category is becoming. Yeah. And so being is actually subsumed under uh, becoming, right? Mm. So then there's no stable essences. Yeah. What does that do? What does that do to human nature yeah. and human sexuality? You see, there's yeah. no stable essences. So Marx right. totally into that. So there's no finality. There's no purpose. Yeah. I, ironically, I mean, Hegel is the man of purpose and finality, goals, direction. But when you get rid of the essence, the finality is not the completion of the essence. Yeah. You see, so every it, it youngster you. needs to take philosophy. I'm sorry. I, I mean, I, I'm a little prejudiced. But good in philosophy, that yeah. yeah. Good philosophy. I, agree with you. I, I, I teach philosophy to high school kids, uh, Thomistic philosophy, and I know you're you're, you're very very uh, you know have learned a lot about this. But we got to know these terms. Yeah. You know, essence and existence, existentialism, and what what all this means. And heresies are rooted in bad philosophy. Yes. Uh, let Let's uh, let me ask you about liberation theology. Okay. Yeah. Because I think this all plays into it. I, I looked up, and this is just a definition, and then you can uh, tell us more about it. A movement in Christian theology developed mainly by Latin American Roman Catholics, according to this, uh, you can tell me if that's true, that emphasizes liberation from social, political, and economic oppression 
as an anticipation of ultimate salvation. It's well, that'd be the rosiest. Yeah. yeah, I'd say that's the rosiest way you can look at it. Yeah. Um, but uh, for, first of all, there's a German background to this, so it's the German theologians uh, where these. Uh, where these Latin theologians got their ideas. It's always the Germans. <laughs> <laughs> Frankly, and Marx, you know. Uh, so, yeah, so it, the Germans are in the background. And uh, what, what, what you want to say is, you know, you've got orthodoxy. That's right belief. There's also what we call orthopraxy, right? Right practice. You know, doing the walk, you know, walk the walk. Yeah. Okay? So it's understandable. You know, Paul VI says, you know, we're, we're going to be credible witnesses if we don't just teach the truth but live the truth. Absolutely true. So one of the things in the background with the Latin American, uh, the Latin, uh, well, I should say liberation theologians. There's great Latin American theologians, but okay, but the but the liberation theologians is impatience at present evils. Yeah. Okay, just like Marx, present evils, and the workers get really upset and they riot. Okay, impatience uh, leading to anger, leading to let's crush. The organized system now because it's crushing us. Mm-hmm. Same thing with the uh, liberation theologians. They're impatient. They want, hey, let me read Gustavo Gutierrez. This is what he says. The goal, our goal, is to balance. This is a quote from his uh, foundation book called uh, Liberation Theology uh, or the- Theology of Liberation. Goal is to balance and even to reject the primacy and almost exclusiveness which doctrine has enjoyed in Christian life. And above all, to modify the emphasis, often obsessive, upon the attainment of an orthodoxy, which is often nothing more than fidelity to an obsolete tradition. Mm. Wow. Okay, another one. What we need is not just Mother Teresa's who take care of the poor, St. Francis's who bandage wounds, right? uh, We need something more. Only a radical break, quote-unquote, from the status quo that is a profound transformation of the private property system, access to power of the exploited class, and a social revolution that would break this dependence would allow for the change to a new society, a socialist society. Mm-hmm. He, may, he praises the French Revolution. He praises the Russian Revolution. Gustavo Gutierrez, whom many praise, they like to praise, he, he's at Notre Dame now. He might be, I think he's emeritus at Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. But from 2000, early 2000s to a few years ago, he was directing more dissertations than anyone else in that department. Wow. That's according to a PhD student I met wow. uh, in 2010. So this, this is a big movement. This is bu- even before um, the last eight years, mm-hmm. before Pope yeah. Francis. He was part of a big liberation theology movement. And, and they praise the Marxist revolutions. Yeah. That's pretty scary. Yeah, it really is. What, you know, we, we're going to start kind of wrapping up here. Uh, by the way, phone number uh, 877-757-9424. Dr. Chris Malloy, Dave Palmer, Dining Savior is here. Diane says we have four minutes until we got to take a break, and then Marcellino D'Ambrosio is going to tell us the solution to all of our problems. Would it be too simplistic to say Marxism, socialism, communism puts all their eggs in the temporal basket like everything, and it's, it's atheistic by its very nature. So there is no heaven, as John Lennon likes to, he sang about. And so all of our justice and all of our peace and all of our happiness has to be accomplished in these 60, 70, 80 years that we have here. So the impatience, right? Whereas Christianity, 
says, no, there's something else. You know, we, we may have to long suffering. We may have to, I think of the, the, the abortion movement. It's kind of, boy, you talk about patience. We've been, we've been working yeah. on this for many, many years. We yeah. don't, we don't have to, abortion doesn't, we'd like it to end tomorrow, but if it doesn't, we'll keep marching. We'll keep praying. We'll keep, you know, and we'll be patient about it. Uh, Marxism is temporal. And I see that even in, in our current age where there's a lot of obsession about health, physical health. Uh, and I don't see as much talk about eternal well-being. No, you don't. You know, it's like we got, by golly, we got to keep ourselves away from this virus, whatever we do. I mean, again, we should stay our healthy. We got to take care of our bodies, right? But I think, is it a little imbalanced? Two, I'd say two things. I think that's half the truth. Yeah. But here's the thing is there's, there's tomorrow – there's the aspect of tomorrow, the eternal, and there's the aspect of lower and higher, okay? And so God is higher. He's more heavenly than we are. And there are goods that are higher than other goods. And so if, if you just say human life, a, a good Catholic life, farmer, his wife, his children— uh, French countryside, paint a beautiful pre-revolutionary uh, picture, portrait, right? Mm-hmm. What is life like to them? Do they think they are just stardust mm-hmm. that is going to be annihilated and the only thing that lives on is their children? Is that the way they live the day? Mm-hmm. No. They live the day as imbued with the beauty of God. So you and me, we don't just live for the tomorrow that is not yet. We do live for the today, but as a divine thing, not as a totally cold material lump. And these anarchists, by the way, one thing we should tie in, the, the Marxists of the late 19th century were working hand-in-hand uh, hand and also as enemies with the anarchists. The anarchists and the Marxists were together in this original movement. And what do we see today? We see Marxists and we see Antifa mm-hmm. that are anarchists. Yeah, yeah. Working hand in hand. Hand in hand. And now, the nice thing about that is that <clears throat> Satan's house is divided, right? And it looks united insofar as it hates the Catholic Church and civilization. Yeah. But it's actually internally divided. And, mm-hmm. and God knows that game. We don't know it as well. But their plots, their conspiracies can't survive. Yeah. Amen. Great, uh, great way to wrap it up. And I, I just want to close this little part of our discussion where we started with the cel- and I'll say celebration, even though these uh, wonderful, amazing women lost their lives, the celebration of the deaths and the remembrance of the deaths Amen. of these amazing martyrs of Compiègne, 19 members of Carmel who were sentenced to death for being traitors to the French state. And what did they say? Okay. And we'll, we'll go to our death, you know, having our heads chopped off, beautifully singing the Veni Creator Spiritus. See, that, that's not Marxism. That's, that's awesome. Not, that's not putting all your eggs in this basket. That's and saying, that, it's okay, I'll take this, you can take my life. It's not, that's, it's not the whole story. That's right. And that day was beautiful for them. Yeah. Beautiful for them. That day, and now they're in eternity. By the way, there's an art, there's an artistic thing on that, the Dialogue of the Carmelites, Yeah. which is a little bit romantic in some respects, but it is powerful. It's an opera, actually, mm-hmm. you, you can, or a play. You can uh, go to see it. Yeah. Amazing. All right, uh, this is GRN Live Friday, and we are going to be joined in just a moment uh, with uh, Dr. Marcellino D'Ambrosio, otherwise known as Dr. Italy, and he is uh, 
one of the hosts of a uh, TV series uh, called Jesus, The Way, The Truth, and The Life, uh, hosted with Jeff Cavins. And uh, like we said, we spent 40 minutes talking about the problem. Let's spend some time talking about the answer. The answer is Jesus Christ. And uh, Dr. D is going to tell us all about that here in just a couple of minutes when we come back. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back. Solidarity HealthShare is rebuilding Catholic healthcare in America. We conform to the moral guidelines of the Catholic Church so that you never have to worry about your healthcare dollars paying for anything that violates your conscience. From conception to natural death, we strive to serve all healthcare needs, protect human life, celebrate families, and promote the dignity of all people. Join Solidarity HealthShare in restoring and rebuilding authentic Catholic healthcare by signing up at SolidarityHealthShare.org, a sponsor of the Guadalupe Radio Network. We're hiring. Guadalupe Radio Network has an opening for a general manager of our West Texas and New Mexico operations based out of our flagship station in Midland. It's a wonderful opportunity for a mission-focused, faithful Catholic to join an apostolate dedicated to spreading the Catholic faith by the means of radio. Bilingual is required. Send your cover letter and resume to careers at grnonline.com. Careers at grnonline.com. The Doctor is In is a radio show hosted by Dr. Ray Garendi, a Catholic father of 10 adopted children, a clinical psychologist, author, professional speaker, and national radio and television host. Dr. Ray's show can be heard on the GRN on weekdays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Central Time. Hi, I'm Lynn Oswald, president of the Guadalupe Radio Network. Airing Catholic programming, which helps to build strong, holy Catholic families, is one of our top priorities. Dr. Ray offers parents a roadmap through these difficult and sometimes frightening times. He is a strong voice for parents, giving advice and insight that builds confidence for strong parenting. The Doctor is In has been a popular longtime show on the GRN. And with Dr. Ray's sense of humor, you are guaranteed to leave laughing. This has been your GRN Family Minute. Together we are one Guadalupe Radio Network family. All right, we're back. This is GRN Live Friday edition. We're down to 19 minutes in this uh, show, and uh, we're glad you're joining us. 877-757-9424, 877-757-9424. And uh, for the remainder of the program, as I mentioned, we're going to talk about the solution to all of our problems, and I mean that seriously. Uh, Dr. Marcelino D'Ambrosio is a dear friend. Uh, he's also known as Dr. Italy. He's a speaker, author, pilgrimage director, theologian, and also founder of Crossroads Initiative at CrossroadsInitiative.com. They are a band of wayfarers who've been gripped by the life and teaching of Jesus Christ, and they're trying to become his disciples. They are following him down a road that is as challenging as it is exciting. Their mission is to urge others, no matter what stage they've reached, to press on further down the road and bring others along with them. I read that off his website. Uh, Dr. D, Dr. Italy, good morning. Thanks for joining us. Dave, it's great to be with you. Yeah, good Do- morning. Good morning. Dr. Chris Malloy from UD is here with us as well. Good Bo- morning, Doctor. Good to hear you. Uh, hey, Chris Malloy. How are you? Very well. Very well. All right, gosh, you know, we just had 40 minutes talking about Marxism and socialism and all the problems going on in our in our, our world. I don't know if you had a chance to, to hear that segment or not, uh, Dr. D, but uh, now we want to talk about the solution in this amazing uh, series that you and Jeff Cavins have put out, uh, The Way, the Truth, and the Life. And so I don't know if you want to go right into it, tell us about it, or if you want to tie it into our previous conversation and some of the things that are going on in our culture today, but I'm just going to throw it over to you. How, where, where do you want to take it? 
Well, I want to just tell you that uh, someone once said, I forgot who said this. Uh, I think it was, it could have been Mark Twain. Anyone, any young person who's not, not a socialist has no heart. A- any older person who is a socialist has no brains. <laughs> so, so um, I just want to say that I started it, you know, I had kind of like an initial conversion from selfishness and preoccupation of most teens to being concerned about the poor, concerned about the environment, concerned about, at that time, the war in Vietnam. And, um, and so I was attracted to, uh, to what I thought was socialism because um, socialism actually sees a serious problem, you know, and, and it, it, it talks about things that sound really good, like solidarity, you know, workers of the world unite, solidarity of the poor, um, equality, justice. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of ideals that seem attractive, and they actually seem to be somewhat in line with Christianity. Yeah. But when you probe a little bit more, more deeply, the solution, the, the, the means to bring this about um, is pretty horrible, and it, it doesn't work. <laughs> and so, you know, the ends justify the means is unfortunately part of a kind of Marxist dogma, you know, that if you have to kill a few innocent people or you have to take away freedom in order to get to this goal, well, so be it. And, um, and that's, that's part of the problem. And, and the other part of the problem, besides the actual, actual evil and the atheism that's kind of embedded in socialism, is that there's no power for people to be just and to be loving. And this is what the biggest problem that most of people today don't seem to face, and that is that human nature obviously is flawed, and you can't just decide to be generous and good and loving. You can't just decide uh, we're going to eliminate racism, for example. You can't just decide these things and then effectively do them because there's a, a lack of spiritual power in human beings to overcome the kind of a death wish that's kind of embedded in us. You know, original sin, there's a lot of different ways to talk about it, but but you know what? What original sin kind of does? It, it, it it's caused a a wound in our nature where we actually gravitate towards the things that are destructive for us and destructive for others. You know why do we do stupid things? Why do we do things that hurt us? Why are we attracted to things that make us sick? You know, I mean, all these things can be traced back to the decision we that our first parents made and and that all of us have made at some point or another. To, to not listen to God, to, to turn our backs on God and, and think that we know better. And, um, and, and that has left us in a, in a terrible state. Now, I, when, I was, when I was 16, I was out marching and protesting, but I was also noticing the burnout of very good, noble people inside of uh, various social movements. They didn't have the strength to carry on. I was disillusioned by some scandals that, that I saw. Um, and then I met people who were full of the joy that I had never experienced before. And even though I'd gone to church all my life, I never saw, unfortunately, Catholics full of joy and spiritual power. Actually, I'll take that back. My first grade teacher in catechism was a nun, and she was really, really different. She glowed, and she loved me, and I loved to be around her, and she loved every child in that class. And I recognize now, you know, the life and the power of the Holy Spirit that she had allowed to be unleashed in her life because of her obedience to Jesus. And um, I, I saw that in a lot of other people when I was 16, and I, I, just, I, I, I figured something out. I, I asked a nun at that point in time, 
why these people were so different. They were Catholics. I was a Catholic. They were excited. I was not. How come? Um, why was I not filled with all this power of, uh, of joy that I saw in them and excitement? And, uh, and she basically said, well, God's always been part of your life, right, Marcelino? And I said, yeah, exactly, yes, yes. That's why I don't understand why I'm not, you know, better like these people. And she said, well, God's always been part of your life. That's the problem. <laughs> Jesus has to be the center of your life, and then he can do what he wants to do. Then he can bring the power of the Holy Spirit alive, the power that you got in baptism and confirmation. So I asked Jesus to become the center of my life, and wow, things began to change, unbelievably. And it wasn't all at once, uh, but there were some immediate changes, like power for the first time to conquer an area of sin in my life that mm. I was, uh, I couldn't change through willpower. And, um, you know, I, I learned a lot about willpower and its limitations as I read the scriptures, and then I looked around at life, and um, I, I saw Jesus change my brother, and then I saw Jesus, the Lord Jesus, change my mom, who had been an alcoholic from the time she picked up her first drink. Um, and she would still say she is an alcoholic, but she's a recovering alcoholic now. And through the power of, of the Lord, through letting go and letting God, she's now sober for 30 years, and she is praying for us as we do this show. Um, oh, praise the Lord. And so, anyway, the power, the power of Jesus. So, anyway, that's why I wrote the book, Jesus, the Way, the Truth, and the Life, just recently, and why Ascension Press did a study uh, on the person of Jesus. They've done wonderful Bible studies. They've done studies on books of the Bible and studies on Mary, a biblical walk through the Mass. But we want to focus just on the person of Jesus because he brings everything together. Everything flows from him and goes back to him. So that's what we did. And um, that, that study came out just during the COVID thing. So it's, 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 um, many people haven't had a chance to do it yet, but it is an amazing study that can be done online. It can be done at home. It's video, it's a workbook, and, and it's, it's just a plain old book that um, now is also being made into an audio book and, and a Kindle book as well. Yeah, Dr. Marcelino D'Ambrosio joining us. We're talking about uh, the Bible study series from Ascension Press called Jesus, the Way, the Truth, and the Life, uh, Dr. Marcelino D'Ambrosio and also Jeff Cavins. And this was filmed uh, on site in the Holy Land, right? Y'all went out there and did and went to the, the key locations in the Holy Land. Is that right, Dr. D? We did. We did. A, a year ago in late May and early June, which, by the way, is a really hot time over <laughs> there. Yeah. <laughs> and, we, and we filmed all over the country, which was just an amazing experience. Jeff and I have both done uh, pilgrimages. Um, we, I've been there over 30 times. Jeff's been there even more than I have. And, and, uh, but it was great to go and actually film in these places so that people who did go or want to go on pilgrimage can, can see these places. But people who can't ever go can experience these places because those the places help bring down to, to reality in our minds that the word became flesh he entered into history he came the one who is everywhere became localized in a certain way in a time and place and and you know being in those places really help us to grasp who he is and what he can do uh, not only what he did 2000 years ago but what he can do right now in our times, in our places. You know, and, and getting back to what you said before with that quote uh, from Twain about, uh, you, you know, the young people, uh, you, you know, it seems like 
socialism is uh, is an ideal which young people are kind of attracted to, which has some you know some good elements, but it's not realistic. But Jesus is both an ideal and realistic. I mean, he's truly man, truly God. I mean, he kind of encompasses both. And I want to ask you, you know, most of us, if we grew up Catholic Christians, we, we hear the name of Jesus from the time we're, you know, two years old, and it, it almost becomes kind of commonplace. Yeah, we've heard the stories, the Sermon on the Mount, he did miracles, he did this, he walked on water. But I'm just wondering if maybe this series can help us just to just kind of have more awe of Jesus. I mean, just really, when you really understand Jesus, it's just an amazing thing that very few of us really spend the time to contemplate. Is, is that one of the goals, or how do we, what do we learn about Jesus that maybe will kind of knock us off our feet or just make us realize that, wow, this, this is amazing, and we just maybe look at it in a different perspective? Does that make sense? Yeah. Abs- no, absolutely. The problem is we think we know him. And, and, I, and I'm just going to say to everyone, the, the greatest saints realize how much they don't know God, just like the mm-hmm. greatest saints realize just how much, um, how much they are sinners. Because the more you get to know him, the greater you realize he is. And, and he exceeds all, all complete, our complete understanding. But there's more and more and more to know about him. And not just to know about him, but, you know, in, in the Bible, the word know there are two different senses in which it's it's used, and, and actually, in Spanish, Italian, French, there are two different verbs that are used for to know. In English, we have the same one, and we use it for all sorts of different things. But like to know a fact in Spanish is saber, um, but to know a person, to be acquainted with, to have personal experience of a person, is called conocer. The two different verbs you you don't use them for the same things. And in English, we think knowing Jesus means knowing facts about him, and that's important. And we should know true facts about him. And this book will help you with, with things that you never quite got at all about his childhood, his birth. There's a lot more that, that, that there is to know about him. But the goal of the book and the study is to get you, help you to know him more, to experience him more, to be more personally acquainted and familiar with him, because that's the way that you become like him. So um, I would say that I've taught theology, including Christology, for over 30 years now on an academic basis, you know, as a, as a professor. I teach now for the Catholic Distance University. I taught you um, at the University of Dallas. You know, I've taught for Loyola um, University in Maryland. But, it, but the, here's the thing. During this study, I came closer to Jesus than I've been in years. It, it was so awesome for me personally. Um, in, in deepening my knowledge of him and of Joseph and of the, the way that they, that they lived out their life um, and, and the meaning of Jesus' teaching. I mean, wow, i got so many new insights, and you will too if you read the book and, and watch the series, into the Sermon on the Mount, into the Our Father. You know, we, we just rattle off the Our Father, and honestly, it is such a radical prayer um, it is such a, 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 a new, it, when Jesus shared it, it was like unheard of. And it's so different from so many um, w- ways in which Jews prayed, including Jesus and Joseph and, and the disciples up until that point. So it, how is it so different? Well, that's part of the things that we do in the book is to help you realize and appreciate just how different it is. And it really changes your life because we pray the Our Father all the time. We go to Mass all the time. 
So more insight into the Eucharist, so the, the, what we do with the Last Supper, and, and, we, and, and we, we sit by the sea where Jesus multiplied the loaves and fishes, and, and Jeff and I talk about some deeper meaning of, of the, the Lord's Supper, of the bread of life, of that discourse, and how it relates to the Mass. Um, so these things will stay with you and come back every time you go to Mass, every time you read the Bible, every time you say the Our Father. So I think the study is really a game changer for people. Yeah. Uh, I, I mentioned the website crossroadsinitiative.com. You can also get there dritaly.com as well, dritaly.com. And if there's any other websites you want to give, please do so. Uh, Dr. D, we have uh, about a minute and a half remaining, and I, I know uh, I want to mention the Fullness of Truth conference uh, that w- is happening here in North Texas. I found out yesterday that the in-person event is not going to happen, but they're looking for a live stream. I just wanted to, I, I don't know how much you know or what the latest is, uh, fullnessoftruth.org. There's a theme of why be Catholic uh, when you could be anything else. And you and Jesse Romero, Father Bill Casey, anything about this? I know there's a little bit, they're kind of trying to figure out what they're going to do, but anything else about this conference you want to mention? Well, I would just say it's going, it'll be an awesome event, whether it happens online or whether it's postponed and happens in person. We, I just found out about this morning, so you found <laughs> out about the change faster than I did. I would just say, people, come to my website, and we, we um, get on my mailing list. You can sign up. You get on my email list, and you'll be notified as soon as we get uh, news on what we'll, we're doing with that conference. But there's also, every week, I send out emails that help you grow in the Lord. So come to dritaly.com. There'll be a, a sign-up. You'll be invited to, to sign up there, and you can do that. Um, the other thing I wanted to just say is that I'm leading a pilgrimage to the Holy Land next spring. We'll be done with this COVID thing. We'll most probably have vaccine by then and all that. But um, it's going to be right after Easter. We're going to be singing Alleluia at the op- at the empty tomb in, in Jerusalem. Oh, no. the Sea of Galilee. That's it's awesome. going to be awesome. So, yeah, come to DrItaly.com, the pilgrimage page. There's a tab on every single page of the site that'll lead you to information on that Holy Land pilgrimage. Uh, we would love to have you come with us on that as well. All right. Dr. Italy, thanks so much. Uh, DrItaly.com is the website, and you can find out all that information. Great speaking with you. God bless you. Uh, Dr. Dr. Malloy, good too. seeing God you as well. You. God bless you. And we'll see you next Friday. God, God willing. Thanks to both Thank you. you. Uh, thanks to Diane Xavier for uh, running the board and producing the program excellently. Have a great weekend. Don't uh, forget to tune in to Joe and the team Monday, same time, for the GRN Live Monday edition. God bless you. Thank you for listening to GRN Alive from the studios of the Guadalupe Radio Network. For more faith, fun, and facts, join our email list. Just text the letters GRN to the number 42828. That's GRN to the number 42828. And may your Friday be filled with the joy of the Lord. Blessed be God, blessed be His holy name, blessed be Jesus Christ, true God and true man, blessed be the name of Jesus, blessed be His most sacred heart, blessed be His most precious blood. 
Blessed be Jesus in the most holy sacrament of the altar. Blessed be the Holy Spirit of Paraclete. Blessed be the Great Mother of God, Mary most holy. Blessed be her holy and immaculate conception. Blessed be her glorious assumption. Blessed be the name of Mary, Virgin and Mother. Blessed be Saint Joseph, her most chaste spouse. Blessed be God in his angels and in his saints. A-T-H, 910 AM, Frisco, Dallas, Fort Worth.